0: There it is. There it is. If it stays fair. And it is number 60. How about that? A standing ovation for Roger Maris, who got number 60. This will hit Deep
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the debut of Baseball 61. I'm Dan Lovato. This podcast is going to focus on the 1961 New York Yankees. Sixty years ago, the Yankees, led by Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris, set the baseball world on its ear. People were talking about baseball again. Would Maris break Babe Ruth's single-season home run record? Would Mantle break Babe Ruth's single-season home-run record? Newspapers had front-page stories every day. They printed graphs comparing Maris and his pace to Ruth's. Mantle's home-run pace to Ruth's. And on and on it went. And that will be the focus of this podcast. I hope to do it on a weekly basis. And what I will do is just talk about the the, the stories that made news involving the 61 Yankees and the 1961 baseball season itself. Because remember, the Cincinnati Reds also had a fine season in the National League one year after the Pirates beat the Yankees in a thrilling seven-game World Series. So Baseball 61 will focus on the 1961 New York Yankees, The Maris and Mantle home run chase of Babe Ruth's single season home run record. And we'll also mix in some National League stories as well. But 60 years ago, the Yankees excited a nation with this home run chase. I am also, by the way, going to include some actual highlights, some actual play-by-play, actual broadcasts by The voice of the Yankees, Mel Allen, and his broadcast partners, Phil Rizzuto and Red Barber. I actually acquired these highlights through Bob Palmer, who has since passed away. Bob was a sports writer for the Waterbury Republican American. And as the season wore on, and you got the sense this was going to be a historic season, Bob decided to take his reel-to-reel tape recorder, And set it up in front of the TV set, WPIX, Channel 11, the Yankees' flagship television station. Or, in our neck of the woods, also Channel 8 out of New Haven, which carried the Yankees' telecasts on weekends. And also he would put it in front of the radio, the Yankees' flagship station uh, at the time, WCBS Radio. And so he would capture these highlights starting in mid-August until the end of the season, and I will play some of those highlights. Highlights like this one.
0: The next delivery is a good pass. A lower down the line on a half swing, and Wilhelm thanks him out. And the side is retired. Now it's a half swing, but they really must in the direction here. First of all, But they still give him a standing ovation. He got 59 homers. Should the Yankees win in nine innings, he will get 59. And at the end of eight and a half innings, New York four, Baltimore two. Last of the ninth innings, Yanks four, Orioles two. And the Orioles have Adair Brandon Gentile coming up. And we're going to do for this last of the ninth, in any case, a simulcast. So I'm going to switch you over to Phil Rizzuto in case, and I'm going to go down to the dressing room. So Phil will be talking to you both on radio and TV. The ground ball back to Terry. Ralph has it. Flips to Scarn, and it's one away. One out and brings up Jackie Brandt. Strike he nicked the outside corner, his eighth strikeout of the night, and here's Jim Gentile. Hitting the ground a second, Richardson has it, throws the sky and the ball game is over and the Yankees win their 26th pennant. Ralph Perry being congratulated by his whole team, Ralph Hawk out there, everybody hugging Perry, and it could not have been more appropriate, and Perry was the hard left pitcher in the World Series last year against the Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: By the way, just as an aside, Bob was such an ardent sports fan. And, of course, 60 years ago, this was long before the Internet, long before archives could be accessed online. Bob collected every Sports Illustrated issue dating back to the original Sports Illustrated. He had so many issues. He built a shed in his backyard that was protected from the weather and that's where he housed every edition of Sports Illustrated. But again, as I noted, he, he not only understood the importance of this baseball season, that history was being made, he took his reel-to-reel tape recorder. And then, as I got to know Bob while I was covering sports in the Naugatuck Valley, he allowed me to borrow these reel-to-reel tapes. I transferred these highlights to cassette tape. This was long before we had digital, and now what I'm doing is I'm digitizing these tapes, and you will hear some of the highlights, like the one you just heard with Phil Rizzuto at the mic. Uh, the, the 1961 season for the Yankees actually began with some controversy. It wasn't just George Steinbrenner creating controversy as the owner of the Yankees. Long before Steinbrenner, there were co-owners Dan Topping and Dell Webb, And in spring training, early spring training, 1961, they called a news conference. They called a news conference to say if the New York National League Expansion Club, and by the way, that New York National League Expansion Club had yet to come up with a nickname. Of course, they would become the New York Mets. But Topping and Webb held this news conference and said if the New York National League Expansion Club thought it was going to play its home games at Yankee Stadium, they've got another thing coming. The New York National League team was going to start play in 1962. They didn't have a ballpark. The plan was to build a new stadium. The hope was actually that they would build it in time for at least a portion of the 1962 season. That never happened. The Mets did not play in Shea Stadium until 1964. But both Topping and Webb said, you know, it might not be a bad idea if the New York National League Expansion Club played its games at the Polo Grounds, because we don't want them at Yankee Stadium. And by the way, Topping wasn't done with just that New York National League Expansion Club. He had a bone to pick with George Weiss, his former general manager. First at this news conference, he said, you know, when George Weiss was with us, he also said that this New York National League expansion club would not be playing its games at Yankee Stadium. I'm not in favor of that. And that's when Weiss wielded a lot of power. Well, after the 1960 season, not only had Casey Stengel departed, he was uh, told to retire, but George Weiss was also let go as the general manager of the Yankees. And under the deal he cut with Dan Topping and Del Webb, for the next five years, he would get $35,000 a year. A lot of money back then. But this is what makes it even more intriguing. After Weiss left the Yankees, he became the president of the New York National League Expansion Club. And Dan Topping was not too happy about that. And at the news conference, when he was asked, well... George Weiss is now the president of the New York National League Club. Is he still going to get his $35,000 a year for the next five years with the Yankees? And Topping talked around the subject, suggesting that, well, maybe the commissioner ought to look into this arrangement that Weiss had with the Yankees while he was calling the shots for the yet-to-be-named New York Mets. So a lot of intrigue going on in spring training. 1961 also marked the last year that the Yankees would hold spring training in St. Petersburg, Florida. In fact, they played their last spring training home game in St. Petersburg on April fifth, 1961. Yes, they started the season a bit later, the regular season a bit later, back in the 1960s. But anyway, on April 5th, 1961, the Yankees played their last game in St. Pete as the home team, and they beat the St. Louis Cardinals 5-4 to four in extra innings. In fact, it was their third straight extra inning exhibition game. Imagine that. Extra inning games in spring training, and three extra inning games in a row. And I can tell you this, they didn't start the extra inning with a runner at second base. Yankees had a terrible spring training in 1961 under their rookie manager, Ralph Hauk. In fact, at that game, April the 5th, 1961, following the Yankees' 5-4 win, their spring training record improved to, are you ready for this, 9-17. and uh, April 5th was a big day for the Yankees because not only was it their last home game, at St. Petersburg before moving spring training to Fort Lauderdale starting in 1962. But the Yankees also announced their James B. Dawson Memorial Award winner for 1961. And he was pitcher Roley Sheldon out of the University of Connecticut. Dawson was a New York Times writer who died during spring training 1953. And so to honor Dawson, the Yankees named their spring training rookie award after him. Incidentally, Sheldon received seven of 11 votes. The other four votes went to a 25-year-old catcher named Jesse Gonder, a product of the Cincinnati Reds. The Yankees had had purchased him in a minor league transaction. Jesse Gonder later would go on to play for the New York Mets. Anyway, no one at this point, April 1961, before the start of the season, had any idea that the Yankees were on the cusp of baseball immortality. The entire team, it seemed. The 61 Yankees, Mantle, Maris, Barra, no one had any idea. In fact, the Yankees were coming off of that heartbreaking World Series loss in seven games to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Bill Mazeroski hit the walk-off home run. And this was in the days before we called them walk-off home runs. Bill Mazeroski hit the walk-off home home run in Game 7 of the World Series, bottom of the ninth, to give the Pirates the victory. So the Yankees were still stinging from that World Series loss. Mickey Mantle cried after that seventh game. They were still stinging. Casey Stengel forced into retirement, George Weiss out, Roy Hamey, the new general manager, and it was Ralph Houck's first year as manager. The nation was also changing, by the way. The nation had elected its youngest president in history, John F. Kennedy, elected president of the United States. He was in his first few months as the new president, and that seemed to be part of the the new era of the United States, a new youthful president, a new New York Yankees manager, and on and on it went, 1961. And you can access my podcast. This podcast, like I said, I hope to have it out on a weekly basis, recap each week, and then as we get into August, play some of the highlights like the one I played earlier here on this podcast. We will be listed in all the major podcast directories. Just look for Baseball 61. You can also go online. Just access Baseball61.com. You have to write out 61. Baseball61.com. The 1961 New York Yankees. I hope you will enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening to the debut episode. And we'll be out with a new one very soon. I'm Dan Lovato.